I'm Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets. And I'm Anthony Latino, a.k.a. The Odds Fellow. And this is short-term high-volatility investments, your one-stop shop for sports betting and insights no matter what season is in full swing. And now, let's cash some tickets. Thursday. All right, we're a minute in. People are trickling in. <clears throat> What's going on? Here we go. Check, check, check. Mike's hot. I need more snare in my headphones. This is short-term high-volatility investments. My name is Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets, alongside my main man, Ant Latino. You know him as the odds fellow. We've got a cool backdrop on this screen for the first time ever. We're feeling great about it. Ant has had the coziest decor I've seen yet. Ant, where are we? What are we talking about? Where are we coming from? We're deep in the heart of Hudson Yards. That would be uh, 1.37 p.m.'s headquarters. Uh, Beautiful building, uh, beautiful floor. Uh, the city was hopping, buzzing this morning, a little fall chill in the air, but that did not stop the people from taking the trains in, driving their cars. You know, the city the city is back. Maybe that's the Knicks. I don't know. I had to pass by the garden to get here. Mm-hmm. You know, the there Mecca. was no mobs. There was no mobs at the Mecca, but, you know, you felt it. You felt the energy. You know? Yeah, fat, you didn't see Fat Joe out there dropping a freestyle. Joe, yeah, taking the mic. What, what a Sick. clip. <laughs> Courtside, all the game. Yeah. Knicks with a triumphant victory about the 76ers. The Knicks are back. New York is back. Uh, I got my Yankee hat back on, even though the Yankees are still the worst team in the league. But that's okay. It's a great hat. A little Todd Snyder collab with New Era. Feeling fucking awesome about that. <laughs> not mad about it. But we're not here to talk about my hat. We're not here to talk about Fat Joe. We're here to talk about the NFL. And last week, and I'll correct me if I'm wrong, this is week eight. This is the first time in three shows that I've gotten the week correct, which I'm feeling great about. I did my research this week. It's a good start. I think, I think we were profitable yet again last week. Profits. Cash. Profits. So that's literally every week so far of this podcast. Yep. We've been profitable with our picks. We are 17, yep. three and one. Let me say that again, because boy, does that feel good. 17, three and one. Boy, we're 17, three and one. I mean, God, that is, that's pretty solid. You know, and, and what I love about it is that we're very selective about our picks that we talk about the why, the data, the science, everything behind it. And, um, you know, I wish I honestly had a little bit more discipline because I keep adding two or three more and I am profitable on the NFL this season, but I'm not 17, three and one profitable yeah. <laughs> on this season. So, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I just love the game, love the grind a little too much. And I get a little over eager, a little trigger happy on Sunday morning when I'm like, fuck, this line is really good. And the data does, you know, it matches it up directionally and sometimes directionally wins. That's how you get your 4 and 5 and 0 sweeps, right? You need some directional data to, to hit rather than yeah, locks. Yeah, I, I think one thing that's been helpful too is you get the line a little early. And you got to be careful with this too. I think, you know, you a lot of folks would recommend you bet the line right when it comes out because mm-hmm. you might get some advantages. And then you kind of wait on some others till, you know, maybe Saturday night, Sunday morning to see where things are settling or where late movement is, you know, if that's, Mm -hmm. you know, a box you want to check in terms of your handicapping. Um, With us, I think we are on the earlier side of when we start taking these notes and diving in and keying in. I don't know that that's factored into the wins and losses for sure, but I do like, you know, doing it earlier, finding a spot or two that we want to talk about. Um, So it's just been a good habit, you know, to get into. Uh, That way I'm not crammed, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, trying trying to figure these out. Time management, bankroll management, getting ahead of some line movement. I think we have been fortunate enough that most of the line movement that, you know, we obviously usually do this on Wednesdays, comes out on Thursdays, games aren't until Sundays. I think we've been been lucky that, that a lot of our, our closing line value has been solid. That is something maybe we look into next week and, and do a quick analysis on where yeah, the lines close and where we got them. Yeah, Twitter, gambling Twitter loves CLV more than they love winners at times is what That's it feels true. like. And speaking of CLV, I did lock in. 
the Arizona Cardinals tonight at uh, at minus six. Obviously not as good as minus three, but that was before the injuries. But I wanted it before I got to minus seven. My book currently holding it at seven plus 110, yeah, which makes me think six, it's still available six at six and a half. So I think it is moving. Yeah. But nonetheless, I felt okay about that. But uh, we're not here to talk you, about Thursday What do you think about here. that showdown going in? Do you buy? Are you buying by yourself? Are you buying the, uh, the undefeated Arizona Cardinals? Are you buying I it am. doesn't matter? Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. You know, he's get I'm buying the Cardinals once again. We took them last yeah. week at 17 and a half, easy cover. Uh, I think we took them the week before as well. I forget off the top of my head, but um, you know, I think there's there's just a huge discrepancy. <clears throat> Both teams have good offenses, fine, right? Aaron Rodgers is what 10 and 0 in prime time, some other ridiculous stat. Fine, that's not tonight. That's not this game. I don't really care about those macro trends. Um, but looking at the you know we look at DVOA here uh, defensive value over 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 average um, it's really a really big discrepancy between these two teams offensively both are pretty good the Cardinals are ranked eighth the Packers are ranked fourth I think you need to downgrade the Packers a little bit of course because of COVID injuries contrarians will say well the last time that Aaron Rodgers didn't have Devontae Adams which was twice last year he threw for something like 657 yards and four TDs one of those was against the Lions the other one was actually a pretty good performance against the Saints when Lazard was off but now Lazard probably also not playing so no, when you look no, at uh, scanting still I think he's still he's still hurt yeah Bob might does. be activated this week but yeah. either way you know he's not necessarily a game changer you know, i think he's a good deep threat but you got the cardinals at eight you got the packers at four offensively and then we look on the defensive side of things here and, and this is where my handicap honestly comes in it wasn't even aaron Rodgers related again i wanted it under seven because of the injuries i thought i would go above it this cardinals defense currently ranked two this packers defense currently ranked number 24 and we've seen what this cardinals offense has done to good defenses and now it's a high marquee matchup probably the best thursday night football game we've had all season and that defensive that that's a chasm again right we talked about the grand canyon last week is <laughs> and it's funny that i guess feels almost as large so uh i'm i'm banking on the defense to be truly the liability here not necessarily aaron Rodgers and his lack of weapons of course he's elite he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time neither here nor there but i think that yeah, defense look, you, is going to be you the look at who the packers defense has had to play you know they gave up 38 <laughs> points to the saints who you know are decent little Jekyll and Hyde but but obviously a little bit more explosive and a little bit more talent than some of these others that I'm about to rattle off because mm-hmm. then it's the Steelers the Bears the Washington football team and the Detroit Lions so nobody really there striking fear in you the best offense they face besides the Saints probably ranked higher would be the Bengals and the Niners and you know you gave up 28 22 respectively still got W's um but closer games and and I think you know you're talking about a Cardinals de- offense that is leaps and bounds even above those two yeah, just so dynamic. So many ways to beat you. Everybody on the field is a, is an actual game changer. So do I love J.J. Watt going out for the year? Certainly not uh, on that defensive handicap. But either way, I think, you know, J.J. Watt versus Devontae Adams not playing. I think Devontae Adams' hole is, is a bigger one to fill. Yeah, but definitely an exciting game for Thursday night football, better than some of the uh, the first few weeks of the year that we've had. So hopefully I think Thursday night football, if you look at the schedule, is going to trend up from here. And this is a great example of it. Um, you know, starting week eight with a little bit of a bang. Yeah, absolutely. So week eight, Sunday plays. I think we've got two for you guys today. Again, we're 17-3-1. We will say that as much as possible while the record is so good. Um, That means we only have three losses in over 21 bets. So just in case you guys weren't keeping score at home. But uh, where do we want to start this week? I know you've got a total you're looking at, which you cashed on the under last week. So going back to the well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I love it. You know what I mean? We're going to go low yet again. Unlike my golf score and my performance on the old golf course, on the old greens, we're going to go low. We're going to stay with an under, stay with the total total play um you know which i do think are good spots especially in division games and you know you look at last week one thing i'll just point out and maybe you have a comment on this too is that 
performance by the Bucks in the first half was was truly remarkable, and I think it, it mm-hmm. worked well with your you know minus twelve, twelve and a half uh, handicap on the Bucks versus the Bears. Mm-hmm. Sweat but free, baby. You could you doubled down, and I actually did this personally and looked at the splits. You know when the first half total kind of skewed that high you can really look to see what vegas or the odds makers are doing with a second half total up or down right so this goes both directions Mm -hmm. and you know when you see a line that's arbitrarily you know high or low that that's waiting one way to kind of get back to that average that they thought that's telling you that they do still expect that to happen um and a lot of times you will see that kind of you know difference in, in a half so the bears bucks game was a situation where it was very sweaty very you know meek uh you know bleak looking uh in the first half in terms of a total that sat at under 47 or under 48 when you looked at that second half line it went way under that number Mm -hmm. to stay below okay that feels good to me yeah so you know just check those in games right you might be able to leverage or hedge um but we're back to a total we're going back to the under so this is pittsburgh at cleveland for a week eight uh afc north showdown um what we're looking at here is an interesting, some interesting matchup data from the previous year. So you had three games between these two mm-hmm. because they played in the AFC wildcard game as well. Um, the unders there were set at 45, 46, and then 48. It actually skewed up because of some of the performances in the regular season, and they sailed over it in the playoffs. So even that over-under at 48, it went over at 85. So this number comes Woo. way the hell down. Yeah, 48, 37. Yeah. If anyone 48 that to, to 85 there, that yeah. feels like a direct corollary to our golf scores. You know, yes. par 70 yeah. shooting 110. You exactly. know, we're right there. So relatable, quite literally. 100%. 100%. So that game got a little out of control. You know, it seemed like Cleveland was going to run away with it. And then in, you know, late in that game, second half, uh, Pittsburgh comes storming back. So final score, 48-37. There's definitely some bad blood here. Um, you know, you have Tomlin who wants to get the Pittsburgh Steelers season right. You have the Bear, uh, the, the Browns a little bit stuck in a rut. Um, so this total plummets because of the injuries to Baker and the injuries to some of the running back. And now this thing is sitting way down at 42 and a half. Um which is a low number for these two teams over the last few years and you know a league that's kind of geared towards offense, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look into the the details and the data a little bit, Cleveland is sixth overall from a DVOA standpoint, sixth on offense and 15th on defense. Uh, Pittsburgh comes in here at 22nd, uh, 16th overall, so kind of middle of the pack, 22nd mm-hmm. offensively and ninth defensively. So you know, interestingly enough, this is going to be one of the better defenses that... Um, Cleveland has gone up against mm-hmm. uh, you know similarly from a Pittsburgh standpoint uh, probably the best defense I think when you look at it overall or a middle of the pack defense you know going back up against Cleveland that's a lot of who they faced this year but they've struggled so much offensively that I don't think it's going to matter so you know from a game script standpoint I really think you're gonna have two teams that want to run the ball um, especially without Baker on the field. Uh, I think that's what Cleveland wants to do. They were ranked, and I think still are, first in rushing DVOA. Um, but Pitt is ninth against the run, so another good you know matchup standpoint here. Uh, if you look at some of the matchup data, um, these teams both faced Denver, which is 14th overall from a defensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. So a good kind of, you know, metric to i think where these two teams sit at 15th and 9th um and not a great offense either uh 
the Cleveland Browns just beat them recently with Case Keenum at the helm, 17-14. That's a total of 31 points. And then Pittsburgh beat them 27-19 for a total of 46 points. Um, so I think you're going to get the perfect game script here. You know, two teams that know each other well. Hopefully you get a little Cleveland wind, which didn't matter okay. uh, against Arizona, but always a nice thing to have, right? Maybe some rain, some wind in that Cleveland, Ohio yeah, area. Yeah, I'll pull up the, uh, the weather report yeah, right check now. check that out. Um, so, you, you know, I think when you look at the running backs alone, Dearness Johnson, who filled in a little bit for some of those Browns injuries, last week he had 22 carries for 146 yards. Najee Harris had 24 carries and 81 yards against Seattle, the most recent mm-hmm. game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's averaging about 17 carries a game. You know, these teams want to run the ball, uh, especially with the backup quarterback in place. Uh, they want to slow things down, and I think that's that's what you're going to get here throughout. So, you know, I like the number dropping. I know some of that is injuries, and, and that's baked in, but I like where the the defenses and offenses stack up. I like where the running game script um, should go and should play out. So, you know, punch my ticket for under 42.5, and, and if the first half starts hot, you can bet that I'm probably going to double down on that under in the second half too. Yeah, maybe we find a live spot. Looks like the um, <clears throat> the wind here. We're going to be looking at 14 mile per hour wind at kickoff with gusts up to 18 miles per hour. So not as windy as it was against the Cards, but as you said, it this Cards offense is vastly different than this Steelers offense. And uh, maybe it matters, maybe it doesn't. Anthony McFarland uh, back. I think that's his name, McFarland. A McFarland for his first name. Yeah, back for the Steelers. Will he yep. get any carries? I think Najee Harris right now is the highest percentage of snap count. Across Across the league and running back, a lot of dumb like down games too. You know, out of those out of those snap counts, it's a lot of Big Ben not throwing mm-hmm. down the field and just kind of dinking and, and doinking, which I'll take yeah. all day on an under. You know, yeah, for sure, pseudo running plays essentially. Exactly. Um, and look, just one one other thing too, I forgot to mention: Pittsburgh is averaging six point four yards per pass attempt and only three point seven yards per rushing attempt. Both of those are good, my friends, for twenty eighth out of thirty two in the old NFL. So. Elite, almost as elite Whoa. as Joe Flacco. Welcome to the Jets, Joe Flacco. Um, but we won't get into that game today. Although I do like the Bengals, I do like them. Spicy, minus ten and a half. I didn't like them enough to make them an official play here, but you can almost hey, look, bet your he, uh, ass it'll be it'll be on I my card. I believe his nickname is Joey Covers. So you know, yeah, for sure. Heard it here I first. don't know. He looked pretty bad in the last year. I don't, I don't know. First game this right. year. Maybe just the spark that the Jets need. Uh, won't go too into this one just in case Gary's watching. You know, we don't need to to poke the bear here. But I like it. I like your under here for sure. Um, you know, when it's low, go lower, right? I think that feels pretty good. I think another one of those that's interesting is the Bears-Niners total. I believe yep. that's the lowest I, that's one of the That's the lowest on the board. Yeah, I think this, one, half, last I this checked. one's hovering around tied for second or third. There, there's another one hovering between like 42 and 43, but mm-hmm. yours is sub 40, I believe, right? Yeah, and I haven't locked that in yet, but it was yeah. almost an official podcast play. Yeah. I had it written up, and I just said, mm. "We decided we can't do two unders. Life is too short for that many yeah, unders." Yeah, for sure. We didn't want to break the internet yeah, with, with exactly. that many unders, and we didn't want our viewers to think that we're just boring old dudes that root yeah. for anti-fun. Even though That's it is right. the No Fun League, we're all about the sellies. We're all about the beers. And I got one pick for you here, Ant. I am going back to the well. Let's finish strong. With my guy, Tom Brady, 58.3 career cover rate over 343 games coming into this season. We say it every week. The sure, the closest thing to a sure thing in sports betting outside of Floyd Mayweather. I mean, if you get if you hit a 58.3% on gambling Twitter at the book, you're getting limited. You're getting hundreds of thousands of followers. You know I what's mean, greater than 58 point whatever percent you just labeled is 17, 3, and 1. 
Absolutely. 17-3-1 is greater than 58%. Now we need to get that sample size up to 340 games, and uh, we'll be quitting our jobs as podcasters and uh, and really amping up the unit size, I think. That's right. But I love the Bucks this week. I love the Bucks every week. But <clears throat> this is one that, honestly, similar to the handicap tonight, uh, on on the cards is that one of these things is not like the other. The cards game tonight, we've got great offense and great offense, great defense and terrible defense. Coming into this Bucks game, we've got great defense and great defense, great offense and terrible offense, at least statistically. So we're looking at the Bucks here, defensive DVOA, overall seventh, Saints defensive DVOA, overall third. You know, very good and very good. Offensively, Bucks DVOA, <clears throat> number one. Saints, number 20. And we look at yards per play, look at points per play. We see a very similar split there. So great to see that their efficiency stats are similar to the actual output of what these offenses, defenses are doing. Points per play for the Bucks, or uh, sorry, yards per play for the Bucks, 6.1 versus 5.0 to the Saints on offense. Defense, very close, 5.5 and 5.2. So again, two strong defenses, one elite offense, one offense who quite literally only has Alvin Kamara. Of course, he's elite. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's the fact that the Bucks almost always score points and the Saints almost never score points, which is awesome, right? So we look at who the Bucks have faced, trying to look at elite defenses. They've gone up against the 10th-ranked Cowboys defense. They put up 31 points. They went against the 4th-ranked Rams defense, scored 24 points. They went against the Patriots, the 14th-ranked defense. Of course, we've talked about this one on length, that if it wasn't pouring rain, I'm pretty sure that the, uh, the Bucks win that game by 14, neither here nor there. They put up 19 points there. That's the outlier for me there. Last week against the eighth-ranked Bears on the road. Was it on the road? No, it was at home. Neither here nor there either. Either way, they put up 38 points. So they're playing three top yep. 10. Yeah. Three top 10 defenses. They put up 20-plus points against the fourth-ranked, 30-plus points against the top 10. And I, you know, I think that the Rams is probably the most interesting corollary here, right? Because the, the, the Saints here are third-ranked, and, and the Rams were fourth. But the Rams offense <clears throat> is number two. The Saints is number 20. So, yes, obviously the, the, the Bucks lost that game, but this is not apples to apples there. And I wanted to look at the Saints offense here, right, when they've played elite uh, defenses such as the Bucks. Something that hasn't really happened at all this season against the Panthers, number 11th ranked defense. That's worse than the Bucks. They scored seven points <clears throat> against the Patriots, number 14th ranked. They scored 21 offensive points, a decent outing. But Mac Jones threw ter three terrible interceptions, including a pick six. So it was ultimately 28 for the team. But nonetheless, bad field position. Brady generally doesn't make those mistakes. Of course, he did make those mistakes against the Saints last year in the regular season where they got trounced twice. But he wrote the ship, right of the ship, right of the ship uh, in the playoffs and, and, and laid the hammer. So that feels good. The, the Saints offense here against the 19th ranked Giants defense only put up 21 points. The Let's remind you, 19th ranked defense, 21 points. The Rams are the fourth ranked defense and the Bucks put up 24 points right there. We're almost covering. And there is a what is that? A 15 rank difference between those two. And then, of course, the Washington football team for the Saints here, number 28 in terms of defensive efficiency, which is still a shocker, neither here nor there, 33 points scored. So probably the only actually solid offensive output from this team so far. But at the end of the day, the Saints have hardly scored, you know, against Bucks uh, defenses that are inferior to the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are also fantastic at stopping the run, one of the best run defenses in the league. The Saints is only Alvin Kamara right now, both in the air and on the ground. 
So uh, at the end of the day, I think they shut down Kamara, at least on the ground. I think he'll get his to what, eight catches for 85 yards and a touchdown in the air. But if that's it, all of a sudden that means it becomes Brady versus Winston under a touchdown. I'm taking Brady in that matchup every single time. Gun to my head, ready to jump off a cliff, minus five and a half. So I am all over all over the Bucks this week. I mean, maybe they let Jameis finally air it out, go back to his Rex Grossman-esque self, throw it downfield for once. I know Jameis, Jameis can see now. Remember, we talked about this in the preseason. He can see. Yeah, he can and see. he's not seeing much that he likes, apparently, with that. Because uh, <laughs> down no, the field the, is just the, simply the not the an option. Yeah, the offensive game plan from them has been interesting. And even watching the Thursday night football game, because you mentioned Kamara as a little bit more of a versatile back, you know, rushing and mm-hmm. receiving. Uh, but the screen numbers for them are way down. And I don't have the statistic offhand, but it was in the Thursday night football broadcast. And they just mentioned his current numbers compared to where it was trending and averaging in past years. And it's it's been way down. So I do think, you know, do you do they stick with that conservative game plan, you know, rushing short things so they maybe get back to the screen game? You know, all in all, I, I don't think it's a it's a great recipe to try and be conservative necessarily. And mm-hmm. and you know, the Cowboys in week one, we've talked about this before, rolled out a different game plan against the Bucks that actually worked, and that was passing attack. That was letting mm-hmm. Dak cook. I don't really see McCarthy doing that. I feel like he's gonna try to control this game uh at home and control the pace a little bit, which I don't think is gonna end well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it feels great. So yeah. recap here. Bucks minus five and a half. Ants on the under in the Cleveland and the Browns game. You said that was 42 and a half, correct? 42 and a half minus 110. I have seen some 42s. So go get that hook, you know, before it moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beat that movement. Closing line value. Always, always big. CLV shirts um, coming. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of shirts, uh, we have hit a milestone on our followers, our first milestone. It was a small one, but you got to start somewhere. Um, but we will be giving out a couple shirts coming up in the next probably week or so. Just need to figure out the logistics on on how to get those to individuals. But uh, every time we hit a new follower goal, we will be giving out custom 1.37 p.m. and short-term high-volatility investment swag. Uh, so be Merch. on the lookout for those. Any questions, comments, concerns, you know, we got to wrap it up here. Uh, but hit us on Twitter. You know, we're always available in the DMs or on the feed, honestly. Just make sure you tag us. The feed's always good because then we can have an open dialogue uh, and that more people can see that. So uh, no such thing as a bad question. We're here to help. We're here to turn, you know, data and sports into profits. So uh, without further ado, that's a wrap. This is, this was, and this will continue to be short-term high volatility investments. Thanks as always for watching. 